0: Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon,
1: and I'm Marcus Dillon,
0: and this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys
1: and challenges
0: of running a business with your spouse or family.
1: Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead
0: and live happily ever after. Welcome back to Who's Really the Boss podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me back.
0: All right, what are we talking about today?
1: Oh, uh, just all the fun stuff, revenue, right? <laughs> Top line revenue.
0: I think this is an interesting topic. I think, I think we are guilty of falling into this trap. Uh, lots of others are definitely guilty of falling into this trap. Just in conversations that we have with so friends cool. who are business owners and clients who are business owners, of a revenue comparison and not profitability comparison but a total top line revenue comparison trap of oh do you know how much they make do you know much how do you know how much their business brings in Um, and I think it oftentimes feels like why are they doing so much better than me or how did they how did they get to that point I want to do exactly what they did so that I can achieve the same results?
1: Yeah, um, so top line revenue, it's a vanity metric. And I say vanity, uh, I, I, I love vanity metrics. You know, it's <laughs> like, uh, it's easy to just say, hey, you know, so-and-so's in a uh, $3, 5000000 million business, whatever that is, and kind of automatically like place them. Like, okay, that means they've got about this headcount. That means they do about this. Um, depending on the industry, you kind of know, okay, that... of that goes to the bottom line. Um, So a lot of that is just given what we do and like the different businesses, the way they serve and the different communities that we're in, we just have that knowledge of, you know, where you should be. And also it's hard as a small business to break that million dollar mark. And I think that's something to be celebrated. So a lot of times, a lot of entrepreneurs are striving to what's that next watermark you know maybe it's a hundred thousand dollars five hundred thousand and then a million and then also knowing where certain plateaus hit you know because of leadership and cap on leadership given the size of the team how hard it is to scale past a million past three million past 10 million whatever that is and the infrastructure that's needed so that helps us frame a lot of the pain points that would be had in a business And so even when we look at who DBA, our ICP is, like our ideal client profile, we have a revenue metric in place. We serve clients that are in the $1.5 to $5 million revenue range because we know we work really well within those clients. They can afford us. We're not a luxury. We really do good work. We provide ROI. Also, they may not have somebody in place that we step on their toes too much, like an in-house controller and in-house CFO. We really work closely with the business owners and the leaders. So those are a lot of pieces that are the good side of being able to kind of throw out revenue numbers.
0: Yeah, but we know, and this is likely this episode is just a reminder for us that top line revenue does not take into account so many other factors or so many other markers of health or markers of success of a business. And so we already mentioned that first one, profitability. W- top line revenue has nothing to do with how profitable a business is or not. No matter what that revenue number is, a business can be not profitable even if they're bringing in $30 million, $100 million, whatever that number may be. Yeah,
1: I, you look at some of the most well known companies in the world. I, I think Twitter is one that's never made a profit. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think that's one that stands out. Um, other ones that are just still around because they're such a beast. Like they are growing, they are adding revenue. Obviously, their growth goals are to grow top line revenue, to grow market share, to grow headcount and to one day be profitable. If you're not ever gonna be profitable, then why are you doing it? Um, we, we joked about that some, like yeah, I tried to convince you that we were in it for the, uh, you know, giving people a good place to work. Uh, <laughs> and even if we weren't profitable, but then my stress level got in the way and we had to abandon that. Uh, we we remembered
0: that there are two people relying on us uh, yeah. for all of their needs, but also for college really quickly coming up, so.
1: Yeah, so, It's not about what you make, it's about what you spend. And that is true whether you're a family of four and living on a budget, or that is true whether you're a company of $5 million and trying to bring value to the shareholders. Some people get caught in the trap of growing, 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 whether that's revenue, headcount, market share, because of the goal that their business is worth X at the end of the day. Um, much like my baseball card collection, uh, that we have in my closet for my youth. Um, that baseball card collection is only worth what someone is willing to give me for it. So much like that business, you've got to sell that business and you've got to monetize it to realize the value that it brings. And some people build businesses and do that. Like they, they set out where it's like a three or a five or a 10 year goal to build that business, to then sell it. Those businesses are run completely different than most small businesses. And they are gaining market share. They are kind of working with their end goal in mind of selling the business. Most business owners, and this is super off topic, I'm sure, most business owners think about that last. Like, oh yeah, I've gotta have a succession plan because I can't live forever. I can't run this business forever. And so they usually start the business to have income to have you know financial means to live to support their life and they don't start it with the goal in mind of selling the business so i think those are the other pieces to think about like why people place value on certain things as business owners as entrepreneurs the worst thing you can do is adopt the goals of one of those two, two scenarios if you're not that scenario so if you're trying to start and grow a business just to sell it you shouldn't adopt the goals of a business that's trying to add as much profit to the bottom line like most small businesses and if you're a small business trying to just provide life and employ people and do good work and have meaningful relationships and do great things for your community you probably shouldn't rely on too many of the same aspects that someone that's building a business to sell you know incorporate that fully. There are books like built to sell and not to say that that isn't a very good book and it should incorporate into all businesses. That's just about delegation and setting people up for success. Um, the, the scenario that's taught there in that book, I don't want to give anything away, but sometimes you don't even have to sell the business, right? You just operate it and it becomes more passive in nature than active. And so all that to say, um, I probably went way down a rabbit hole there. Um, But yeah.
0: I don't know, I'll go off topic with you on that. You mentioned the book Built to Sell and that is something that we just did for our clients and we received really good feedback. We took time at our retreat with our team And we purchased three books that we felt passionate about. So I think you chose one, I chose one, Leslie chose one. And we had the team write a personal handwritten note inside of each book to give to a, a handful of their clients that they work with. And the clients were so appreciative of that. And so we sent those books out. These are leadership or business books that will help just with some personal development but so much better received than any Christmas gift we've ever sent out so we've gone from all different ideas of gifts to send and really cool ones that I know our clients appreciated but they were sent at a time that lots of people are sending them gifts they're kind of inundated with
1: appreciation appreciation
0: during like say the month of december and we actually moved that back and were allowed to do things differently during covid and did an appreciation in the month of like the end of october and november and did it more as a a thank you and an appreciation gift rather than just a a christmas or a holiday gift Uh, but this one i think was so unexpected and was so personal for each one of the people who received it. So Built to Sell was one of those books that we sent out, but just for any listeners that serve customers, that value relationships, and even education with their clients, that is something that I think has really gone a long way that our team was able to do.
1: Yeah, and and like you said, if if anybody's listening to this, um, this, it, it sounds cool. It sounds like a win. I'll tell you the, the messy side of that. Like we bought these books six months ago and they've been sitting on <laughs> the, our office it, floor. They
0: were not intended to go yeah. out in May. They were intended to go out in December. December. However, yeah. finding the time of who was going to write those notes, but the intent really was to send a personalized gift to yeah. let the clients know that we were th- thinking of them and specifically had them in mind when we chose this was more important than getting something sent out because it's Christmas time. And that's when you send gifts.
1: And I think that's the other piece, like, um, you know, just being totally transparent. We bought those books six months ago. It was going to be, I think me and Leslie writing in 150 books, mailing those out, everything that goes along with that. And It just evolved into, it wasn't priority at that time. We had other things um, that were cooking that we needed to uh, focus on. And then a better opportunity came up where we could actually pull in the team of three who works on that client, who knows them better than maybe even Leslie or I do in certain situations and said, okay, Here's three books. Which one do you think would be a better book to send to that client? And got great feedback on that. And they received those in mid-May. So right in line with when people start traveling for summer travel. So maybe they take that hard copy of that book uh, on that trip and actually read it and come away. They've probably already forgotten about any uh, New Year's resolutions they set uh, because these are all leadership books and um, you know talk talk about certain things about growth and so yeah it it was great uh, hopefully we can continue to do something like that um, the other thing that was kind of cool is some of these books are so widely known so built to sell atomic habits and um, undistracted so all three of those books may have already been read and. But people listen to books. People get the digital download. So it's just a tangible thing you can stick on a bookshelf and refer to it every once in a while. So we did have that come up. Someone already read the book that we sent them, and they're like, oh, this, I love this book. Thanks for sending me a hard copy. Or they can give it to somebody else. Well, I've got something written in them for only them so hopefully they don't do that
0: but but that's what i think if you have the physical copy you can say hey i really think you should read this and you can borrow mine maybe not give it to them but lend it out okay back back on topic (laughs) moving back and this is also just when looking at uh top line revenue comparison you mentioned it that different industries have different uh i guess profitability averages and so or norms within their industries and so that happens because of cost structure cost structure is different of what they're producing or what service they're providing so that's something else that top line revenue does not take into account
1: no and and so you got to look at the whole picture right um and so cost structure whether majority of the costs relate to labor or material if you're producing something whether it's a house or a widget or an iphone whatever that is um Most people that we deal with are professional service, so their biggest cost is labor. And most professional services have always been like rule of thumb, a third, a third, a third. So a third goes to labor, a third goes to overhead, and a third goes to profit. Nowadays, that is not the case. Um, We're coming out of a labor market where you're paying people more. Um, You probably haven't raised your prices like you need to, but you're paying your people to stick around. So labor for most professional services is probably increasing. And I would say maybe to the 40, hopefully not 50% mark. Your overhead is likely decreasing because you're getting more efficient with technology. Technology cost is something that you need to pay attention to because we would include that in overhead. But um, maybe you're able to do more with less overhead. Um, also the other big part of overhead for businesses for years was rent and people are just rethinking real estate and rent. And so, um, maybe that's only 5% of your total budget, but if it's not there anymore, that's 5% more to be spent on team or bottom line. So, but yeah, I would say depending on the industry, there are some certain parameters and certain KPIs we look at for where those industries should fall. and. I I just presented on this in another setting. Um, There are certain things that you compare to others. There are certain things that you compare to your previous self. And then there's other things that you just compare to the future that you want to have. And so it is very hard to get caught in a trap of comparing yourself to others in all aspects of life. And if you compare yourself to others, just based on top line, that's okay within a certain extent because that'll help you kind of frame out. Okay. If I'm a professional services firm, maybe I provide chiropractic services and I know that a chiropractor should be spending this on rent, this on team, this to profit. That's going to change for a $200,000 chiropractic office to an $800,000 to a $2 million, you know, and those are the pieces that kind of help guide you about where you should be making decisions. That's important. That is not as important as comparing yourself to where you previously were. And you just want to make sure if your path is set for growth, you want to be growing. I would say bottom line, if you can be growing bottom line as your first priority. And even if top line stays the same, and you've come across some cost efficiencies, like that is to be celebrated more so than growing top line revenue. And I know that it's all about growth at all costs and everything we do today and you know, 10 X and all this crap that people talk about growing. The bottom line is what you set out to do in business from the very beginning. And you've got to have a plan in place. If you're not more profitable year after year, maybe you took a year where you added a critical team member and you gave up some of that profit to take home because of the intent of growing that position you bought back your time and that's totally okay you've got a plan in place that should be the case for 12 months 18 months two years whatever that is but we've got to watch that plan and so that's more important to me wearing my cfo hat is that bottom line if bottom line is not increasing year over year let's talk through that like Do you have a lot more capacity? You have a lot more time on your hands because that's great. If that was your goal to spend more time with your kids or go after this hobby or whatever you wanted to do, new business. But if that's not the goal, if you're working more than ever, making less profit, like something's got to change. Like, so, and a lot of times what we look at first is pricing, you know, top line revenue, because like, those are the things that we can adjust the quickest pricing is the number one thing that you can dial in and increase immediate results. And so pricing is going to be the main thing, which is top line revenue, right?
0: Yeah. And you spoke to kind of growth, looking at profitability and bottom line, but top line revenue also doesn't take into account growth potential. So looking at someone who has a $4 million business, but they have no room for growth no plan for growth that the, there's just no way they are capped out with what they're currently providing versus somebody who's maybe at a one to two million but has the capacity and the plan to do so much more down the road that they're looking at becoming a 10 million dollar yeah business i i feel like we have a a friend and I don't I don't know the I don't know their revenue, but they have a full plan and capacity in waiting to do work to where their business could be so much more, but they almost feel like they haven't made it yet because their top line revenue isn't at a certain number.
1: Are you going to give me some initials here? I'm is it not, me? I'm not, like, I'm not. We're
0: not going um, to go there. No, it's not you.
1: Okay. So I think the other thing to keep in mind, and this is why all business owners need that advisor circle, like whoever that you can bounce ideas off of and get an independent perspective on your business. We've got clients that for that next incremental number, you know, to take the business from 5 million to ten. We can ask important questions like, what is the pain involved with that? Like, what would it take to grow that extra 5 million? Um, how many more patients would we have to see? How many more houses would we have to build? Whatever that is, what would the team look like? Do you want to manage double or triple the workforce that you have today? Like, are you that leader? So I think those are the pieces like business owners need that person or those people in their life to bounce those ideas off of. Thankfully we are that for our clients. And the other piece is, okay, if we stay where we're at revenue-wise, if we've figured out that we can build 20 houses a year and we can stay at $10 to $12 million revenue, that brings $2 million to the bottom line. These aren't real numbers, they're just, you know, out there. $2 million is great. Like we can do a lot with $2 million, and that is what sets us up for success in that business and we're gonna view that business as an asset in our portfolio. So can we take that two million, this business is running really well at 10 million building 20 houses. Can we take some of those funds and go invest in other businesses and do other things like get a bigger return on investment than going down the growth path of this one asset. Because that one asset, if you've got all your eggs in that one basket and then there's a market fluctuation that comes in and you're not properly hedged, you left a lot of cards on the table that are, it's risky. And so I think that's the other piece to kind of look at. Most business owners need to evaluate their business as an asset in their portfolio. And top line revenue, like trying to bring it back a little bit, top line revenue is one of those things where it's like, what is the pain for that next watermark and it, being in this situation it is hard um, because we've sold off business we have taken uh, taken top line revenue down and net profit down um in recent years because it aligned with the path that we are on like the goals that we set the mission and the vision and everything that we've laid out and it's a multi-year decision so we've sold off parts of our business, revenue goes down. There's attrition at the bottom line. We have to build back up and it has to make sense overall. Um, I think the other piece to think about is that top line revenue. What is the cost of that acquisition for those clients? And so that's a cost, right? Whether you've got a sales team or some type of marketing budget or legion, whatever that is, what is that top line revenue costing you? And is that new business profitable with all of those costs considered. So you have to look at client acquisition cost and lifetime value of a client and how long that person's going to be a client to get all of that and calculate it and see if it even makes sense to grow. Um, so that's where I come back to a lot of these vanity metrics around revenue, headcount, market share are just that, vanity. Like it, you could be a very unhealthy business and look very pretty to others. But once you start digging in, It's like, crap, this business has never been profitable. What's the plan here? Um, And the owner's not paying himself and working a crap ton of hours. Like, I don't want to own this. Like, you can pay me to take it over. So I think those are the things to think about whenever you think about revenue and how it gets really warped uh, real fast.
0: For sure. And just mentioning about the health of the business, top-line revenue does not take into account long-term sustainability. So do you want, you know, this very very high top line revenue but it's only for a year or two years because it's not sustainable whether that's from the market or from your team or just yourself wanting to work the way that you've worked
1: yeah I think you know using us as an example if we wanted to grow from three to five million which I was dumb enough to think that was a goal at one point um, and and may still kind of
0: funny because we have talked numerous times about the pain of going from a two million dollar business to a five million dollar business and how the majority majority of the time it is not worth enduring the amount of pain to go from one to the other or you put things in place so that you don't have the same profit margin, yeah. uh, while you're going to that next mark. So there's, there's a sacrifice one way or the other. It's yeah. either in your maybe personal comfort or lifestyle or in your financial comfort or lifestyle. Yeah.
1: So that example, and I may sleep tomorrow and wake up, That that's <laughs> the goal again. Um, or just, you know, three to five, like, what would it look like? You essentially to get that extra 2 million, you would have to double the team and you'd have to double administrative costs to help along the way in our business. Admin is a burn. It's not production, you know, and those are the pieces that you realize over and over and over again, like, right. Like that administrative cost overhead cuts in the bottom line. So how much can you cut in the bottom line? How much blood can you give before you die? or before you run out of cash or whatever that analogy could be. So for that to happen, what is that timeline on that growth? What are the people as far as onboarding new team members, onboarding new clients, and are you comfortable with that pace of growth? And so all of that needs to be determined from who's done it before. What did their life look like? Have you talked to them? Would they do it again? I think those are the pieces where you you have to have people in your life that you can bounce ideas off of and that speak truth into you. Um, And then you also have to have quiet time to really understand if that's what you want in your life. Uh, Or is it okay just to exist and be profitable and have a good life and have balance and things like that? Um, That's probably some of that second half of life thinking coming into play and just not um, being as aggressive as myself or others. You know, earlier in life would have been um, just perspective. So I think those are the pieces where once you get to that goal, what's the next goal? Like, you know, it's likely you've grown and then you're back to that same net profit that you had at 3 million. But now you have a whole lot more people and a whole lot more risk and a whole lot more stress um, because there's always going to be market fluctuations, there's always going to be a, potential. Uh, you never know, a pandemic around the corner that you have to pivot really hard on and steer the ship. So it's much easier to steer, steer a smaller ship than it is a large or one, you know, and I think those are some things to keep in mind whenever you set out with what is the right revenue mark for your business and the goals that you've set.
0: Yeah. And if we haven't hit it explicitly enough, top line revenue does not take into account your lifestyle preferences and goals your value system and what you want to spend your time on what you want your life to look like
1: yeah i think um value to a business owner needs to be more than just the value of their business and you have to set out what truly drives you as an individual you know, maybe you don't have a family, maybe you don't have other things in life other than this business. The hard thing there is the people that you work with do. And so your dream isn't their dream and you are the owner or you are the leader and they've got other priorities in life, you know? And so I think that's where empathy and knowing that you can't grind, grind, grind somebody into the ground. Like that's, horrible and that's where I think our profession uh, is and has been for years and that's just the realization that hopefully more people get to and growth is going to be natural if you pay attention to pricing and you pay attention to profitability and always keep that in line just the rate of growth is something that you need to plan for and you've hit so many good things um, to where hopefully people leave today listening that it's not all about top line revenue. It's not all about that vanity metric that we all set because at the end of the day, that doesn't tell you about the quality of that person's life or their net profit. How many people are happy within their business? Uh, Are they fulfilling their client responsibilities? Are they really truly serving people well or delivering a product that's of quality? None of that can be defined based on a number.
0: Yeah, and it's an easy data point to set. And it's an easy data point to track. And it's not a bad goal to have, but it's very important to assess your life when you hit that goal or to assess how does that feel at that top line revenue mark or how does it feel if you're, you know, sacrificing everything to get there and just knowing it's okay to adjust that. It's okay to say, oh, I didn't really want that anymore and I am going to focus my time and energy here or I am good with this and my new goal is maybe a profit margin or my new goal is client experience and how can I serve others better? And so I think that there are a lot of things to look at even though top line revenue is a very easy metric to pull and definitely easy to spout off to other people.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think once you set that goal, talk to somebody else who's been there, like that's in a similar industry or a very similar business. And um, just that way you can be aware of what's coming down the road, uh, what pain may exist, what hurdles may exist. We have a friend who, you know, she hit $5 million in single owner firm, great profit margin at that rate. And, you know, her comment to me was, hope I never do that again, you know? <laughs> and so, um, uh, you know, and, in this particular individual, she hit that. And then the very next year, life starts throwing you curveballs. Like her son was in a major accident. She broke her foot or ankle or something. And then, uh, you know, just stuff happens and it's like, man, but she's actually, you know, proud of her and she's gone on more vacations and kind of had this buildup of stuff that she wasn't able to do. And probably life's working on her, chipping away at like perspective. And I think she'll still do a really healthy amount of revenue. Um, Maybe not as much profit because she just realizes what I can't spend it all. Like, you know, something's going to happen. But, um, but talk to people like that and and realize like, man, is it, is it worth it? Is it worth it for that next million or 2 million or double in size? Um, Do the people that you thought would be on the journey with you, are they no longer there and is it not as fun? And so I think those are all the pieces to talk about when you look at top line revenue and how that works with growth and how it works with net profit and ultimately kind of brings it full circle with the life you want to live.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for this conversation. I know that it's a great reminder for me personally and hopefully it's a good reminder for others.
1: Yeah, thanks for leading it.
0: Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.